0: This is AutoLine Daily, a show dedicated to enthusiasts of the global automotive industry. BMW just beat Tesla to the punch. While Elon Musk has made a big deal about Tesla's human-like robot called Optimus, BMW is going to start using human-like robots at its manufacturing plant in South Carolina before Tesla does. They're built by a Silicon Valley AI robotics company called Figure. BMW will train a small number of its robots called O1 to perform specific tasks in the body shop, sheet metal area, and warehouse over the next 12 to 24 months. If that goes well, they'll expand to even more robots. While there's comparisons to Tesla's robot, we also wonder if UAW President Sean Fain is paying attention. He's currently publicly attacking all the non-union car companies operating in the U.S. for paying workers poverty wages and wants to hold rallies to get workers to sign union cards. But, as we've wondered all along, does Sean Fain really see the big picture? Two days ago, Stellantis put out a press release announcing that Mark Stewart, the COO of Stellantis North America, would leave the company and be replaced by Carlos Arlenga the COO of Stellantis, Mexico. The release came out at 2 o'clock in the morning U.S. Eastern Time, contained a curt statement thanking Mark Stewart for his contribution, and a long paragraph praising his replacement. It had all the markings of an executive who got fired, and that's what we reported. But Mark Stewart contacted Autoline, saying he actually resigned a month ago, was working with Stellantis on a transition plan, and would announce a big move very soon. Well, very soon means right now. Today, Goodyear announced that Mark Stewart is the new CEO of the company, replacing Rich Kramer, who had previously announced his retirement. Autoline understands that Stellantis is going to issue a new press release praising Mark Stewart for his service to clear up the mess that it made to look like he had been dropkicked from the company. Stewart delivered 60% of Stellantis' total operating profits for the three years he served as COO of North America. Nissan is playing hardball with its suppliers in the U.S. It's demanding an average price cut of 20% for parts used in the Rogue. And if they don't meet its demands, Nissan is threatening to move Rogue production out of the U.S. to Japan. Some suppliers were even asked to cut prices by as much as 30 percent. Nissan says it's 20 percent cheaper to build the Rogue in Japan than the U.S. A decision is expected sometime next month, and it would be a big blow for Nissan's U.S. manufacturing operations if Rogue production is moved. The model accounts for 40 percent of production at Nissan's plant in Smyrna, Tennessee, and that plant and its other U.S. factory in Canton, Mississippi, need more products to build. They're only running at 52% capacity. Currently, the next-gen Rogue is scheduled to start production in Smyrna in 2026. But now, that's up in the air. With Teijin Automotive Technologies, we combine world-class composite materials expertise with cutting-edge designs. Because frankly, there are better ways to lightweight vehicles. So lighten up with Tajin Automotive Technologies, the formula for better mobility. It looks like Tesla is testing the waters to see if Chinese consumers will go for the Cybertruck. It announced on the social media platform WeChat that it will launch a tour in China to show off the new electric truck. However, in the year 2000, China started banning trucks from cities as a way to curb pollution and cut traffic congestion, which has impacted the growth of the segment. And even though many cities have lifted those bans, China only sells about 500,000 pickup trucks a year. Elon Musk also said it would be very difficult to get the Cybertruck road legal in China. It's unclear if he's referring to those truck bans or if there's some other reason it might not qualify for road use. And even if it does get certification, it will immediately get slapped with a 25% import tariff since it's made in the US. But it's possible that won't be much of a hindrance. Ford has been exporting the F-150 Raptor to China for years and despite a price tag of over $102,000, it seems to be pretty popular. A similar Raptor would sell for about $78,000 in the US. And speaking of the F-150 Raptor, Ford looks like it's getting awfully close to offering an all-electric version of that off-road pickup. It revealed a demonstrator vehicle called the F-150 Lightning Switchgear. Upgrades include a custom independent double wishbone front suspension, multi-link independent rear suspension, coil-over Fox shocks, stabilizer bar, custom control arms, and a wider track. It even features unique bumpers that improve the approach and departure angles. Ford doesn't say what powers the switchgear, but previous all-electric demonstrator vehicles had upwards of 1,400 horsepower. Legacy automakers are ignoring developing markets because they don't think consumers will buy EVs. But BYD doesn't see it that way. The automaker just introduced three new EVs in Indonesia, the Dolphin, Atto 3, and Seal. BYD also announced plans to invest $1.3 billion to open a plant in Indonesia with a capacity of 150,000 vehicles a year, which would be the company's fifth plant outside of China and it will open a network of 50 sales outlets across the country by the end of the year. BYD is making these moves because it's aiming to become the market leader in electrics in the country. Currently, the Wuling Air EV and Hyundai Ioniq 5 are the top-selling EVs in Indonesia. Honda says demand for its hybrids is outstripping supply. The Accord hybrid was the best-selling hybrid in the U.S. market last year and so Honda is going to push hybrid sales even more this year. It's adding a two-motor hybrid to the Civic lineup and expects that to account for 40% of Civic sales. But it's not just hybrids. Honda is just months away from launching the electric Prologue and Acura ZDX, which will be sold in the ZEV states plus Texas and Florida, which it says are hot EV markets. The Prologue and ZDX are based on General Motors' Altium platform, and will actually be built in GM assembly plants. Even though GM has struggled with production issues with its Altium-based EVs, Honda says it's confident it will meet its sales targets. Next week, Honda is also going to launch a low-volume hydrogen-powered CRV using a fuel cell built by GM in Michigan. Interestingly, it's a plug-in FC EV, so it can run on battery power when hydrogen is not available. Honda has not decided if it will make these CRVs available for retail customers or will only sell the fleets. We should have a lot more details next week. How far behind are legacy automakers compared to Tesla or BYD? They're far. Really far. And we've got Matthew Vachaparampil. And again, sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. The CEO of CareSoft coming on Autoline After Hours this afternoon To show us the results of their vehicle teardowns and benchmarking. Their results are going to open your eyes. Matthew will get into specifics of mass and cost comparisons of various components and systems, and his information is pure gold. You're not going to want to miss this one. Joe White from Reuters will also be on the show, and we invite you to watch when it all goes live at 3 p.m. Eastern Time today. But that's all that we've got. Thanks for tuning in. Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Intrepid Control Systems, over-the-air engineering, boost your game. And by Tajan Automotive Technologies, the formula for better mobility.